Michael Gevin here with Jumpstart Sessions. So I'm super excited to bring you these one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching sessions. These are kind of behind the scenes and coaching videographers and filmmakers. And if you'd like to kind of cherry pick what you'd like to even listen to on each episode, you can go to jumpstartsessions.net. And on there, you'll be able to find the show notes for each and every single episode. There's also an assessment that I have each person take that I coach. You'll be able to see their results on the show notes page for each episode. You'll also be able to take the assessment yourself so you can kind of compare results. If you yourself would like to be coached on a Jumpstart session, you'll also just go to jumpstartsessions.net and it'll say, get coached on the podcast. You fill out a questionnaire and as of right now, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. And so ultimately, that's all I've got for now. I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's rock and roll. We'll get right at it. So you've, if you've heard any of these, uh, right out of the gate, my man, just give me a little background about what you've got going on. I know I've, I've got here in a form you filled out, but just so that I can kind of re-hear it from your, your mouth, what you've sure. been working on and uh, where you're currently at and how you think I might be able to help. Yeah. So I have been in the video space for two, two and a half years, give or take, from like first video ever to, to now. Uh, I've been in it full time for going on nine months. So that and that decision we can probably touch on later, but it was like half my choice, half not. Sure. It kind of like got thrown out the door and like I tried to just go for it. And uh, that's, that's probably typically your, your personality style. That probably helped you. I mean, that <laughs> probably, probably yeah. yeah, most will stick on to that like safe, secure job until, you know, they have a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And that could have been very much the case. And uh, yeah, so over the last year, I've been kind of doing a variety of things. It's been, this year has been about trying a lot of different things. Sure. You know, the, the photo side, the video side, I got my start in digital marketing. So okay. I've done some work in that side of like Perfect. ad management and social media and okay. content and things like that. So those are all very interconnected, but they're all very different things. Mm -hmm. Like that, that work day looks very different. Sure. Which is good and bad. I really value variety. Mm -hmm. But over this year, it's been kind of figuring out what do I not like? And I've got a much better idea of that now. And now it's figuring out how to take this mishmash of, you know, flirting with a thousand things as a freelancer yeah, and turning it into what is an actual business that isn't just a job. Yeah. You know, self-employment is great and it, you know, it's yeah. empowering and, and all of that. But it, it's just that, you know, it's not something you can walk away from. It's not something yeah. that grows without you in it. Yeah. How to transition that into something, something bigger, you know? So does that involve for you? Well, so first off, before I get into that, I mean, so how overall, I mean, it, it says here, um, you married with kids. I don't know. Married, no kids yet. No, no kids yet. Okay. So, um, so this is what you're specifically doing full time. You don't have any other jobs sure. or anything. And then what about your, your wife? Is she, uh, she, she is employed. She's employed. Okay. So, but you guys are getting your needs met from a financial level at the moment with the two of you, more or less. <laughs> more, more or less. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, it's kind of month to month with credit cards, probably and some stuff. Right. Keep, probably a flow. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. Well, perfect. So, in regards, has there been, can you look back at these nine months then and start to identify, like, well, let's ask that first question, which you kind of put in here. You know, I always, depending on the conversation where it goes, I think this is right out of the gate, good for you, because it seems like you've been experimental. I mean, out of the things you're doing right now, what do you really, like, if you didn't need any money right now, what are those things would you, without a shadow of a doubt, continue to work on? Because you just really enjoy it versus the things you're like, well, yeah, if I didn't need money, definitely wouldn't be messing with that. Like, can you look at the things you've done and, and identify some of that? I think it has, I've thought about that a lot. And yeah. it usually, it comes down to less about the activity that I'm doing and okay. more about the people that I'm working with. Okay. Like sure. I like being around people that are excited and passionate about okay. what they do, whether that's they are thrilled to be getting married and they can't wait for the day. And like, they are, you know, full of energy and, and love. So have you and filmed happiness. weddings then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That it, it's not a core offering but it's something I do and it more of a kind of you have to be referred for it to be a thing you know I don't okay. advertise you're it. not you're not promoting it okay yeah um 
or on the you know commercial or you know social media side of I've worked with people who it's just a box they have to check, you know, it's in the budget and they read a report and they know they need to do it and they just yeah. need a guy to do that yeah. versus like they want to better serve their clients and they know they need to communicate in a modern way and yeah. they want and they care. Yeah. You know, whether whatever activity that is, those are the people I like to work with. People okay. who are actually, you know, alive in what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, obviously when you, we, we, we go from that aspect, which I appreciate, of course you have, you've probably heard me. I, I, I seem to say it on every call. You probably know what I'm about to say, but obviously then the, the subway thing, you know, doesn't, uh, don't appreciate that too much when you're just getting orders barked at you and you're just kind of this a monkey being told what to do and that's it. Um, but coming from the aspect of the, the, just the people part then. So on certain levels, then obviously we can find that in anything. I mean, you could be doing photography, you could have a job and be employed and be around people that are excited about the mission of the business and, and whatnot. So I appreciate that response. And that's great because now it's a matter of, well, no matter what I'm doing, as long as I can find people who are, who are passionate about it, well, I'll be happy, which is great. That's a great place to internally come from. But from a, a business at times, there's still that aspect, then you're splintering off you know, when you're trying to build something and that's where you're probably noticing there's a little, you're, you use the word flirting, which I like, you're flirting with all these different things. And so can you still try to look at it a little bit? It doesn't mean you don't still offer multiple things depending on how yes. you build it, but can you still look at any of the activities and say there's ones that you do lean into more than others? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love filming far more than, <laughs> than, you know, still coverage it so just, there's, okay. yeah, yeah. Photog like, photography is the thing that I like to do on the weekend of like just out with friends or family or like on my own. But as soon as it's a paid gig, something. there's something, something changes, you know, like the creativity kind of leaves. It's about like, it's much more technical. Mm -hmm. And it, there's so many people that are photographers. Sure. Like I, I live in a very like tourism heavy, like uh, very travel tourism oriented town. So they're photographers everywhere okay and it is much more of a commodity where you know for every 15 photographers there's like one video person okay that's good so like there's a much better market mm -hmm. for the video side which is amazing because that's sure. what i enjoy more sure now what about the digital advertising and running ads and things like that where does that sit with you i think that i don't love it from in a pure activity standpoint, I don't think anyone like loves and finds passion, like staring at like an ads manager and it, you know, and, like, it's, thinking it's about, fascinating like, you say that. I mean, because <laughs> I, I <laughs> there's a lot of things where I would, because of how inherently maybe you are, or like I am with certain things. Yeah. And I think no, like I even have things that I'm outsourcing or delegating or having somebody help me with that. I'm just like, I'm almost apologizing in times, <laughs> even though inherently I recognize that, you know, one person's blessings, another's curse. Somebody loves something, somebody doesn't. And so I know that, but I hate it. And I'm like, no way they love this. Yeah. <laughs> but I have people like, no way that you love talking to people all the time either. So yeah. anyways, but uh, go ahead. But there is a, there's a need for it. And I, I feel almost obligated to offer it in the right circumstances because producing a video, producing an asset, you know, approaching it from a business tool or a marketing asset, and then just handing it off with no next steps of like how to get the most out of it. I've seen that flop before because people sure. just don't know, you know, more traditional business owners or, sure. or whatnot or marketing teams and they just publish it and then it flops and then it's your fault. Well, that's, you know, like I see an obligation to kind of like either consult on distribution or to manage it, you know, mm -hmm. from like a, here's how, here's what the KPIs are. Here's what, you know, the goals are, what you're trying to achieve sales numbers or reach or whatever. Yeah, sure. And then it also functions as kind of like an ancillary service. Sure. So yeah, eventually. Which I, yeah. Which I think that, you know, people who are able to do that, it's for sure a competitive advantage over just being able to run the camera and make a person a video. I mean, I got lucky. A lot of the entrepreneurs I was working with, I mean, they either had in-house or they were hiring agencies and people to run all their ads. So they fundamentally, I had an understanding of it all, but I didn't have to really have any involvement. They knew how to use and get the best out of it. Whereas a lot of people out there who are making videos for people, they really don't. I've had guys who are like, I gave them a Dropbox link and they freaking posted it on Facebook. <laughs> 
Like that's, and you just, we go, what in the world, right. you know? Um, but people don't, don't understand that. So, um, so from that aspect, I mean, do you see yourself, what was your job before this, by the way? Was it anything to do with anything you liked or just a job you had that made money? It was, it was kind of all of it. I was the kind of assistant director at a small marketing agency that I was the first employee. Like I started first intern, became first employee over the course of a year. It grew to six people. So we grew fairly quickly and that quick growth kind of collapsed when some internal things didn't hold up and then okay. the whole thing kind of fell apart. And then that was kind of the, my exit point of. So did you I, like the position though? For like 60% of the time. Okay. I, the things that I enjoyed became less of what I did as the team grew because it was more management and kind of organizing. Mm-hmm. And then that's, you know, what, I, that's what your role became was management and organizing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's what um, I'm trying to, what I'm, I'm trying to probe at. I like to ask these questions initially and get things going because I want to wrap Cause I find it's always easier for, yeah. even as you're consulting somebody else, it's easier for somebody else to see something that we can't see. And so it's like, because there's that level of, I was going about to ask you, well, do you see yourself managing a team? Like when we talk about, we want it to become yeah. something bigger than ourselves. Sometimes some of us have dreams and visions of things that inherently if we execute on, we actually, like there's a lady that cuts my hair and she could make way more money and be the manager of, it's actually a great clips, but she's like, I have no desire whatsoever to do it. Like I just, I think she did it at one point in time and then downgraded herself because the responsibility and things that came along with it for her life and lifestyle, it just wasn't worth it. Um, and so you see that with people, they're designers and then they manage a design team. Now some end up loving it. That's the next role. And it's like, this is great. And I'm making more money. It's awesome. And some go, I don't even design that much anymore. This kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it's like navigating that a little bit. It's like, you want to have that potential team and that thing bigger than you, but what does that look like so that you're still getting to do the thing? Cause you won't build that. What I find is we won't have that and we won't build it if inherently we're only in love with the result and we don't have much passion or love for the process to get to that result. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's a fair observation. And I think a lot of people like the, that's like the second transition people go through in business. I feel like the first of starting the business in the first place mm-hmm. and realizing that once you're in the business of whatever, it could be a, a restaurant or a videography business or yeah. what have you, as soon as it's a business, your job is no longer that thing. Yeah. It's selling that thing. There's a whole bunch of things to do. When you were like, on a team as well, now there's, you're, you're not right. having the team around you that when you were an employee, mm-hmm. you did your thing potentially that hopefully you loved, hopefully. Right. And if you did, there was other people around you filling in the weaknesses. And then when yeah. that goes away, now the things you're weak at, you potentially need to figure out how do I become strong or how do I get help, but I don't have money. So it's, a, it's yeah. an interesting thing. So where, where are you sitting with some of that right now? There's definitely, I know myself well enough to know that I would like to have a team to fill in the stuff that I suck at because I am by no means great at all of it. Sure. I think there are certain things that I am the bottleneck on that someone who could do it half as well as me could get it done, you know. At Double as fast as you though. E- easily, <laughs> you know, like two day turnaround instead of a two week turnaround because I just, I'm so wrapped up in like my ego and because it's my name on it and sure you know, that fear of like, you know, like you want to do a good job and letting go is a hard thing. I mean, when I first started my business, you know, letting go of wedding edits was terrifying. I, I semi, I don't know that I, I lied, but I never was asked (laughs) and then never said anything, but it's like, I, the first time I started to let go of wedding edits, I was like, I never said anything about it because I didn't want to, I mean, not that it was necessary, but like I, I literally thought if people didn't think I edited it, they would assume the video wasn't as good as it could have been if I did it. Right. And, you know, quickly that didn't become the case, thank God, overall. And, you know, I I let go of that. And really, same day edits for me became almost the only place I ended up editing. Because for me, if I didn't have the pressure of that environment and everything else, I would procrastinate forever because I'd rather be doing other things. Um, Mm -hmm. So, um, so in that vein, so you were saying that you, you know there's those things. Have you started to get delegate anything right now at all or get, have anybody help you or are you still taking on everything that you're doing? Right now, income is low enough that 
and sporadic enough that I haven't brought anyone on, but I've begun building relationships with others in the industry locally of like, I've got, and we've begun speaking of like, you know, if the right projects come through or, you know, the docket gets full, you know, are you interested in editing work? You know, finding second shooters, finding the people that can share some of that load. So what's, the, what's the struggle right now then? What is the, so is this business is low. So is it, is it finding business or where do you think you're having a holdup right now? I mean, I want the thing you're saying here, you know, you're kind of, you're looking for some confirmation rather than necessarily yeah. there's some super secret sauce, which I don't feel like I necessarily <laughs> possess anyways, but. Right, sure. Yeah. It, I think part of the looking at more like kind of the root cause of why business is low is because I was trying so many different things i didn't i was digging wide instead of deep sure and things that you know projects that are going to take two months to get off the ground you know whether it's someone who hasn't done it before at planning or they're just you know it takes five meetings to get them to a, a place where they're ready i should have been starting you know four months ago and now and it would be happening now but instead i waited and because i wasn't ready to marry the one thing Mm. and when you say marry the one thing is it offer one service you mean or i think to to put myself in like put myself out as like i'm the video guy and that's what i do rather than all of the you know the collection photo guy on this guy whatever whatever if if there's a conversation happening and i have the capabilities and confidence to do it i'll take it if you'll pay pay me money (laughs) exactly like hey like do you want to do you know portraits or food photography or film uh, an event with like no structure and no meaning like and tiny budget and like i just said yes to everything yeah and And now i've started saying no to certain things that i know aren't going to go anywhere yeah and i think that that's you know somebody like myself can come along and automatically double your rates and do this and you you know I, i think though that as i as I've been doing this more and more and more, there's people who seem to have actual crystal clear clarity about what they want to do, yet simultaneously are running circles around it. So they're looking at it in the middle and then they're running around it, never doing that. Well, let me try this thing still and let me do this thing over there when they know they want this other thing. And that's where if I hear that from somebody where the clarity is there about what you want to do, then why are, if I want to go from California to Florida, why do I get on a plane and go to Australia? Like, Sure, maybe there's some wonderful experiences I'll have, but if I really know I want to get to Florida, then we need to go in the direction of Florida. If you don't know where you're going to go, then of course anywhere will do. And so there's that level when you're lacking that. That is the best thing to do. And the faster you can do it and experiment and then start kind of chiseling away. Like even as I've been doing everything that I've been doing with Jumpstart Sessions and the lives I did in Full-Time Filmmaker and all that, and then starting to get some people to help me and we were doing certain things, like I am chiseling. Because I'm like, some of this stuff is just unnecessary. And, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily have either the resources or we don't have the time or we don't have the money. And it's sometimes you're doing the right thing at the wrong time. So certain things just aren't, not, like there's certain things I maybe want to do and maybe some of it is ego. Maybe it's brand, maybe it's vanity, maybe it's whatever. But mm-hmm. right now it's not a best use of time and it's not a necessary thing. So when we're in the position of, I need money and we're trying to build this thing. It's like there's certain things that are just not necessary to be spending time with. And then once you have certain projects that you know, yeah, this is not something that I want to, to do in my career in the big picture, then sometimes even taking that $150 is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if that's going to burn off two days of mental space or time or whatever, it, it's like we got to reverse engineer what do we need to make in a month and if I did two of those, I can't even make a thousand dollars, you know, and that's not even, there's nothing. I, I tried to find it 50 times. I probably reread the whole book. I can't remember where I found it, but Tim Ferriss on a blog post or something somewhere had had this thing of how he kind of analyzes certain opportunities. And there was something about money and passion and fun. He had these certain criteria, but it had to meet at least two out of the three. If it didn't meet two out of the three, he had to say no to it. So if it was just a fun thing, but there was no passion, like, and fun and passion could be hybrid, but I'm going to say those two, but it was like fun, passion, money, we'll say it. But if it was just money, but it wasn't something we're going to be fun or passionate about, then he'd say no to it because there's no moving you in the direction of what you want. Now, granted, there's times in our life where we might need to say yes because of the money. 
Um, but at the same time, what is the commitment to that? Like, what is the time that it's going to really take to do that? And if there's nothing else about it but money, it's not going to get the right relationship. It's not the kind of project we know we want to do. Then at times we really have to question, is that worth it? And it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell people that when you need money and somebody's about to give it to you. But the problem is, is we have to ebb and flow with that. Because that is truly how people want to be self-employed and have their own business. And four years in, as you alluded to, they got a job or a thing, they, a cage they've built up that quite frankly is probably worse than a job. Because now right. if you don't work, at least a job sometimes, you could take a sick day or you can do a couple things or you get some vacation and whatever. If you just decide to go on hiatus from the business and you're the only one running this machine, you're screwed. You know, you don't get paid for just waking up in the morning and, and showing up. Like at a job, mm-hmm. if you just do your job, you get paid at least probably and you'll, and you'll keep it. But you don't get paid to just wake up in the morning, look at your computer and social media accounts and like, mm-hmm. I posted a video today. Hopefully business comes in, you know. So anyways, that being said, again, kind of back to that then. So the, the, the jobs, like getting the work, where's that sitting for you in regards to have you have you started going in certain any directions now of certain type of work or declaring that you're XYZ? Sort of. Um, right now, there is this kind of interesting spot of there's enough out there. I've, I've been building relationships this whole year. You know, I've okay. been active. I haven't just been, you know, sitting back and wondering like, you know, am I a photographer or aren't I? You know, like it, it hasn't just been existential crisis the whole time. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, chamber networking, all of those things. And there's enough on the table that's pending. Okay. That I think has taken away some of that, like the nervous or like frantic energy of not being in the place that I want to be. Sure. There's enough kind of on the horizon that could and will probably happen but i just don't know when it's going to land and it's this weird like can i hold my breath that long you know so on some of those let's just dive in that for a second i mean how many of those because here's the thing they're 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 kind of you're in the place where quite frankly right now like with the podcast every person that i've done an interview like this with you i've had to be active as a collective whole i did one the other day the guy found me on google play had no idea who i was listened to all the episodes filled out the form and we did a call mm-hmm. but almost everybody else at the time has been me actively seeking actively asking following up having some of the like i love what you're doing da 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 and then like following up with some things you know zero dark 30 i call it no no more responses and then you're mm-hmm. like okay am i pissing this person off <laughs> are they annoyed by me so then they'll all of a sudden i'll maybe send one more and they'll be like oh man it's been so busy and they'll say that but like i'm having to do that active kind of follow up and more times than none there is the thank you for following back up so are there some of those where you're now just sitting back waiting for them to call have they given you time frames have they like, where are you at with some of that? And is there the ability to re-reach out to some of them to maybe cook that up a little quicker than, than waiting for it to happen? Yeah. Uh, up until uh, this week has actually been incredible for moving the needle forward on some of these kind of uh, pending projects. But on one that's been kind of sitting for la- the last like six weeks due to some, they're restructuring and relaunching their website and getting a new location and all these things. Yeah. Been kind of using that as pushback of like, well, it's not really the right time and we want to do it, but we need to wait. We now have a shoot date locked in for next week of, you know, like moving something forward. Perfect. And they're, they're looking to do more like a retainer, like ongoing perfect project. That's good. So uh, I've been moving more towards like a retainer model of people who realize Mm -hmm. that, it isn't like a once a quarter thing anymore, yeah. you know? Or even once a year, once every yeah, years. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff for the years I did, I mean, they got their <laughs> silver bullet video and off we went for the next one. <laughs> and so now, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously depending on the brand and the company, you, you can get as much as easily every week, you know, releasing yeah. stuff for people and, and creating that. And, you know, um, even this big agency I'm friends with that does like almost 20 million a year for years, he said his accountant would be like, I don't know how you sleep at night. Like, because even as big as they were, and there was a lot of money coming in, 
they still didn't have any like there was not a consistency to it it was just they had enough relationships they'd built it big enough but it was still one off two hundred fifty thousand dollar project but at the same time their their overhead was astronomical and yeah. so they didn't know what was going to happen and when but it always just happened but now they've started to take that hey we're going to run your kind of social media and ironically enough, you think, you know, I mean, now, because they've been around for like 17 years. So mm-hmm. you think, how old are you? By, out of 25. Okay. So yeah, that, that 20 to 25 to 28, I mean, the younger you are, the more, that's already almost automatically ingrained that social media is going to be an offering that we're going to make for potentially some version of management. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've started out of that now because of the scale they're on. They're getting million dollar a year retainers to run ongoing campaigns and social media and content. And I mean, I think it's a, it's a phenomenal thing. And uh, if, if you can start having those kind of conversations, but you also, as I've said to people before, like you're not a one trick pony. The one trick yeah. pony, I mean, honestly, I've said to some people from the full-time filmmaker because his style inherently is what I originally got off the ground with, which is just kind of sizzle videos. Yeah. Um, But those are one-trick pony edits for clients. Like coming in and doing that to me is the great free to fee. Like, okay, I use that as a teaser, a taster, like get in the door. But now here's all these other things and the vision of what we could do on an ongoing basis. When you can do that, that's where the real value is for ongoing, you know, clientele work versus having to constantly find new people to do these little music videos with. Right. And they won't pay as much typically for those types right. of things. Cause there's, there's not as much value. Like we had an event where they finally tested a B tested a music video edit versus a testimonial edit. And uh, unfortunately the music video edit didn't win. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right of using that as kind of that, that entry of like, all right, I'm competent the working relationship was good or it wasn't. And it's a great trial run without quite as much of the time investment mm-hmm. on, you know, on, on our part. Mm-hmm. What other, what, what questions do you have right now that are sitting in anything written down, anything you were thinking about? I, I know I've asked you a lot and you've responded yeah. and then, but is there things that you, you have that you're kind of curious about or anything you're wanting those? I, I see sometimes, I think you kind of wrote it, that, that confirmation, that affirmation, like are there certain yeah. things like that that you're looking for that for that, so I guess to provide short context to that, I don't have, I mean, like online communities, you know, full-time filmmaker and, you know, there are other groups that are fantastic for sh- seeing what other people are doing, kind of avoiding some of the hurdles they found. But I don't have anyone that like I interact with on a, you know, frequent basis that does this, you know, no one to calibrate with. Yeah. So when I look at like, all right, I need to actually build you know, business structure around this thing, this Mm -hmm. offering and, you know, having the, I don't want to say professionalism because I feel like that's like, I'm not trying to, you know, showboat as something, you know, like (laughs) brand, like I'm a solo operator, like, (laughs) like I'm not going to pretend to be, you know, this Uh, esteemed brand icon like that. Yeah. I strongly value, you know, transparency and authenticity and, you know, building actual human relationships and for sure not being a weirdo that's great i mean i i I mean just to chime in there for a second i mean uh, that's in the big picture the more and more even clarity i gain the more and more that's what i'm selling to people like yourself like that's what i'm helping it's those soft skills it's the woo woo it's the behind the scenes it's the inner work because i find so many have the technical and the tactical, but yet they're not making any money and they don't, they're not yeah. succeeding at it because those inherently are very important, but they're not what's going to be the difference between you really making a living doing this and not. It's not going to be that little bit better you get with adding transitions or the way your color grading is. Like it, yeah. it, it matters to a degree, but it won't be the difference between you winning and losing in business for sure. There's people far less talented who are doing really well. Right. So. No, I, and that's a such an important realization to have. Like, there's always going to be a more advanced, you know, technical filmmaker. There's always going to be someone, you know, shooting on a better camera, a better right. gear. Like, they're they have a production team, but like, what does the outcome do? You know, like, and I've only re- recently kind of realized that like the technical aspect is important to a degree, but there's diminishing returns yes. after a certain point. 100%. And it's not about 
you know, it's just a tool, you know, a, a fancy hammer or, you know, a, a simple hammer do the same job. Yep. As long as they don't break, that's the only difference. Right. Like, but it they'll do the same thing. <laughs> very foundational thing that it needs to do. And if it does that, then it's good enough. And there's yep. value in that. Mm-hmm. I've steered away from a little bit. Oh, I'm there, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're all good. <laughs> uh, so I guess the question is, what, like, there are so many right ways to do things. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many ways to win. Like some people are, in, you know, amazing and they can write really well and that's what they do and how to get businesses, LinkedIn articles and, you know, blogging or whatever, you know, very technical, like cold email campaigns. And that's what they're good at. Others are like yourself. You, you have great camera presence. And like you can do that to attract. My video production audiences. company, it was all offline activities for sure. Like 90, if I had to, if I had to correlate a percentage, I would say it was well over 90% of my business all came. Like if I would have eliminated my entire online presence, I would have still probably made two thirds of the money that I made as a collective whole. Um, like, because when I look at my online presence from actually 2012 through present, um, quite frankly, if people scrolled through an enormous amount, depending on when you came in, probably wouldn't even know. And I owned a video production company because I was primarily posting like motivational quote pictures and like <laughs> motivational things and whatever else. But yet I kept doing things behind the scenes with my video production company and filming these conferences and doing onsite edits at them. And then I would see these people four times over four years. And then some, one of them would be like, Oh, now I'm having an event. And then I was their guy. And and so there was so much, and, and a lot of it, man, a, a lot of stuff came through um, direct emails, messenger, mm-hmm. and sometimes text messages. Like they were never even filling out my contact form. Yeah. Like some people would be either at an event already, so they'd seen my work, or a person would refer me who already, they highly trust. Like that's a powerful thing when somebody says, they, I mean, one of my biggest clients to date, they emailed one of these guys. I did a free bid. I mean, this is an interesting thing. I haven't said much about this specific story, but I actually had bought this guy's, it was called uh, Marie Forleo's B-School. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but mm. I bought her course through this guy's link. So he got $1,000. At an event I was filming for free, I wanted to introduce myself and potentially do something with him. So I thought, well, that's a much easier way. Hey, Derek, I uh, bought your, your you know, uh, affiliate link for B-School. Oh, okay, cool. Well, he was holding a thing as a bonus as an event in New York City. Well, I filmed that event for free and did a little on-site edit. Well, months later, one of my biggest clients to date emailed him and said, hey, Derek, um, just curious, you know, who you recommend for video or who you're using. And he goes, this Geb guy is awesome. <laughs> so I got on the phone and I mean, again, became one of my biggest paying clients ever. And that came from filming an event for free, filming, giving a thousand dollars to buy this thing it was 2000, but the guy got a thousand. And then I got yeah. to film his thing. All that was free. I had spent by that time between flights and hotels and paying for things, probably four or $5,000. And then over the course from when that initially happened was I believe 2014, we did some for that guy immediately, but then years later did more and that's when we made all our money. But in total from that client was almost probably 200 to $220,000 worth of business. And so relationships are everything. And, but you know, for me, it was reliant even less on my work, but what I was doing offline, behind the scenes, meeting people, relationships, connecting my personality, that's mm. where I strive. And anytime I go to, let me figure out how to do advertising, email marketing, social media marketing, and those things for like my video production, it quite frankly was just a waste of my time. Because if I was on the phone with somebody, or I was meeting somebody, or I was at least showing my work, because for me in my world, it was the on-site edits that gave me the mm. initial like brand awareness or like who did that. Um, but even right now I recognize with the pot. so just relating the podcast now and what I'm doing with coaching, it's still, I caught myself in a little spiral of like we were getting people in place. I'm doing the podcast and I had somebody helping where we're stripping down and making snippet things and all this stuff and quote pictures on my Instagram. And like, in the big picture, a lot of that stuff wasn't, I started to get in this vortex of things that are, are kind of wasting my time versus if I just go to what matters, which was quite frankly, full-time filmmaker. So it's, it's always recognizing where's our strength, where, mm-hmm. and even for you and anybody listening, like where can we be the 
best at. And what I realized is that in this world, we keep, there's, there's so much out there. And like you alluded, there's so many photographers where you're at and, and whatnot. So how can you find your way to be the big fish? How can you be different? How can you be unique? So what I found is from a technical standpoint, and I can't compete. And I, I mean, anybody who wants to attempt to compete with Parker on some levels is probably crazy, um, you know, in the most positive, loving way. But like from a technical <laughs> aspect, man, if you're not just so sub niche down, like he's just taking things and having everything under his, his umbrella. And so outside of that, there's people popping up now too who are offering the more structured business and proposals and templates. Some of those guys are starting to pop up who are good at that. And I'm, mm. I'm not good at scripting videos and, and doing a lot. But what people have noticed is when it comes to free flowing, like people see me in those lives, like I can go for an hour and just a guy yesterday is like, you, you never say, um, like I don't really ever hear you say <laughs> it. And I'll do it if I don't have something I'm like thinking about it. But when I get in flow, I don't. So I realized that my niche within the also filmmaker videographer, because as soon as I'm doing personal development, and I go outside of videographers and filmmakers. Now I'm competing with the Tony Robbins and the Brendan Bouchards and Lewis Houses and all these people because they're talking to everyone. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be really difficult for me to now be the 18th person or the 1800th person talking yeah. to everybody with a pulse. But in videographers and filmmakers, in personal development and kind of inspiration, encouragement and the belief and that alignment work. Not much competition. Like I, I'm not sure. competing with Parker. I'm not competing with these other kind of structured business guys. So that's what I would encourage. Like how do we look at what you're doing and potentially not – when people think niche, like I think my work became my niche and I happened to end up falling into a specific niche, which was entrepreneurs and, you know, these thought leaders and speakers yeah. and course creators. But my style of work was also – I could do this specific style of work for anybody used to mm -hmm. kind of say business brand or bride. So niche can kind of come in a different fashions. It's like, but if we just do anything for anybody, that's where then you're going to be kind of more of a commodity and it's harder to stick out. You're, you're any, they can get anybody to do it. But when you have, and I think in the future as well, it is our brain that's going to be our biggest, like what we have in here that we can convey that is more in a consultative manner that is going to be a big differentiator too from the person who just knows how to run the camera um, yeah. or just knows even how to run the ads. Because what I find is, man, one of the biggest complaints I, I see from people, I saw it from Parker. I was just with a buddy who spends 4,000 a month in ads is the agencies <clears throat> suck. It's because they'll kind of take on everybody with a pulse. So they automatically kind of make assumptive matters that, well, we know what we're doing. And so what we do applies to everybody. And that's not a fact. Like, you know, running ads, for getting real estate listings or something is different than running it for a, a local bakery, you know, right. and they're not going to, the exact same kind of marketing lingo and things you put for the, the one thing is not going to work necessarily for the other thing. And so that's where you see these people where they're great at marketing and they'll take people's money, but then they're like, they're not able to get them any results. And then the person is really angry. So it's like, if you can find those sweet spots and you can really understand the client, like I have one buddy who does really well in schools and nonprofits, but he can speak their lingo like nobody else. So sometimes they'll go use somebody else because they end up being a little cheaper. But sure. man, once they've experienced him, they can't, it's hard to go back. Like they experience somebody else who doesn't understand it and all they kind of know how to, like, well, tell me what to do. Like the, the subway, they're like, tell me what to do. They might be 5000 or $8,000 cheaper but you can tell the difference. And so those are things that I would start to really think about. What, what do you have a passions for? What are conversations? You, you said people, but even who are the type of people? Like the more we can get that, the more it becomes easier to market. Like as soon as I went to filmmakers and videographers, it's easier for me to know who to talk to, be confident when talking to them, where are they at, but when we do it to everybody, we don't know. So and that's, a, that's a fire hose there for you, buddy. But <laughs> I guess we'll end on just what is that is there, is there some of those areas or there's some of those types of people that you've identified right now that you, you think might be some of the direction you could end up with and maybe not, it'll evolve, but. I, I think they're like from like an industry standpoint or. Could be. Or, or what do you mean? Like there's, there's industry, people. And then there's also, I think the work, right? That's why I was kind of saying yeah. my work, the way we shot and edited these, 60 second to four minute kind of sizzle pieces, but incorporated interviews and testimonials and sound yeah. bites and things. 
that became our style. And we kind of had some signature things that we did, but I mean, lots of people do it now, but yeah, we do that same thing no matter who it was. It just happened that once I got more and more into this speaker world and all that, the world was small. They talked about me and that's what I ended up in, but we would do other things at times and we would do that same style. So you know, it's, it's the 80, 20, you're going to have potentially a style and, and certain things that you offer and you could do it for anybody, but you might start doing it. I see this all the time. People start doing something for somebody and then the rabbit hole starts happening. And all of a sudden they're like, ah, I'm doing it for dance studios, you know, right. whatever. So I don't know if any of that, if there's any patterns at all right now that you're picking up on, but it's just something I would question a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the, I think, just by nature of where I'm located. So I, I live in a, tw- a town of like 20,000 people. Okay. It's right about and, the same size. And a good chunk of that is uh, seasonal. So it's a college town. Okay. So there's not a, not to say that there isn't plenty of opportunity because there is, there's, you know, plenty of, of businesses, there's plenty of store owners, but as far as like industry specific, that it would be hard to niche down and like, just work with like insurance companies or like just work with, you know, like that from that perspective, but people who, how close is the biggest, like what's bigger and how close three, three and a half hours, green Bay, Wisconsin. That the closest. Yeah. So what's in between that still a bunch of five, a a bunch of small, like I live in the biggest town in the upper peninsula. Okay. So, is there, I mean, so then my thing, man, is what I did. I mean, it just depends on what you need to make financially uh, yeah. and what your, your desires are there. Because there's obviously, if you're going to literally work local and you're that far away from things, it'll be caps on prices you can potentially charge and different things. But depending on who, that's where it's like, okay, you identified photographers, there's a ton, but I mean, what can you dominate it in and then just bomb, yeah. the, bomb the area? I mean, I, I ended up, my, my wife's always like, you're going to run for mayor in the town because like, <laughs> so I am, you know, but. That's a good yeah. to mine, but and there may come a time where that does expand to, you know, willing to travel. Yeah, you know, there, the world is bigger than the town we, you know, we live in. So over time, that will probably happen. But for the meantime, I think there's a lot of good that can be done here. For sure, hundred percent. And I mean, that's what's nice when you're. I mean, you know, where I live in the town I live. I mean. You know, I'm able to go to places, even if it's flying, because that's just what ended up happening with video. You know, I can get 8000 for something that would be hard for me to get anywhere near that. My small town would almost never happen, even anywhere close to a couple thousand bucks. I mean, I'm, I'm maxed in my, like, you know, five minutes into my small I had to go 30 minutes to an hour, hour and a half to, to start getting regular more than 1000 to $2,000 for the projects that I was doing. Like, getting $8,000 in my small town was almost non like anything yeah. like that. It's like the unicorn, really rich people that get married and they got yeah. one daughter that's going to get married one time. And if you're, I mean, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, sure. you know, when you're, it's interesting because again, you can get into a place where you're still charging anywhere from a thousand to even $3,000. And, you know, one, depending on what they want to make, you know, when you're in those rates, let's get up to the three, let's say. Yeah. Three clients in a month, you know, three times 12 is 36. Um, that's over a hundred thousand dollars, actually what you said here. So it's like, when you start, when you start to see that, it's like, well, you don't need to have, are there 36 businesses within a hour and a half radius of where you live that could potentially spend $3,000 for sure. Right. It's like, you don't need to have, you know, 250, yeah. you don't need to have half the freaking city doing business with you to make a living, <laughs> you know, cause you're not yeah. selling something for $5. <laughs> right. So, um, so that's good. So with the work, let's go back to that again. Mm-hmm. What things have you been cutting? So photography, it sounds like that's kind of out of the picture. What about having all encompassing where you're like the drone isn't just a singular act. Like, are you doing that too? I think I read somewhere. Like, are you I, just offering drone services here and there as well? I, I have. Yeah. Like, you know, outsourcing for like other production companies or okay. um, um, some really kind of strange things like surveying roofs and stuff like (laughs) we need to inspect integrity of a roof to submit to an insurance claim or really wacky like i don't want to do more of that yeah it's like a guy yesterday he said he said he's doing a drone tour of a cemetery 
I was like, wow, my dad's were in cemetery for years. I never even remotely thought. Was yeah. I said it must be a big cemetery. But uh, anyway, yeah. they can do anything. So Right. Whenever you – it's those, like, small gigs that don't lead to anything, but when you need the cash, you're like, yeah, I can make sure. $200 in, in, a, in an hour. Awesome. Yeah. I, um, again, I would never – what's funny is sometimes people – I'm never here to poo-poo on somebody who can basically, yeah. you know, make two or three hundred dollars an hour on something. Like everybody is always looking at the big things, but I know plenty yeah. of people who are getting five thousand dollars for something. If you took all the time they spent on it, they're not even making ten dollars an hour. Yeah. So if I can go out and shoot for somebody for five hundred dollars for the day and be completely done with it, that's not a horrible thing. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so you know, things like that. Until with the stage you're at, it's still it, it's like you. The, the whole weddings, right? You said that at the beginning. That's exactly mm -hmm. what I would tell most people to do in a lot of situations, but where they're not at the, I have 12 videos on my website and 10 of them pay the bills and these other two is what I love doing. It's like, well, take the 10 to pay the bills off the website because they'll probably still come. But as long as you continue to kind of put it out constantly into the universe, like, hey, look at me, here's all these things I have. I don't really want to do any of them, but I'll do them if, you know, that, that catch-all website. Yeah. versus they'll still probably come and if they fall in your lap you should potentially take them it's yeah. just don't go if you know this whatever this is is what you want then spend your energy and days and time going after that and when things fall in your lap take them to keep you move like to keep the momentum but don't take things that are low paying they're going to take two and a half weeks to do that are totally out of alignment you know a, a couple hours and 200 bucks is a great deal yeah. so yeah um Okay, man, it, it's interesting. So I'm, I'm trying to sit here. You, you have a calm, cool, and collected <laughs> nature about you. It's, it's yeah. so cool. I, I enjoy it. What, what are you thinking right now? It's funny you say calm and, calm and collected. I like to think of myself like a duck, like on the surface, you know, calm and like just <laughs> frantic and like freaking out below the water. Is that but, how you feel right now? Right now, I'm good, but okay, I okay. think that's more like a life metaphor than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you're uh, interesting. You've said some things. I, I mean, you know, I always bring this up. I, I haven't done full-blown things with these assessments because I'm basically looking at them. But if people you know, want to go to jumpstartsessions.net, you can see all the sessions and, and on their kind of show notes page. You can see the results of the people. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting because you've said, I mean, a lot of how you're kind of wired can tend to lean to actually liking editing more than shooting. doesn't necessarily mean that, but like you've yeah. said some things that definitely lean to where, yeah, you have that more introverted personality and you like, you, you can get into the analytics and the data um, while simultaneously, I mean, how much do you enjoy though going out to, I mean, I hate networking things is the big picture yeah. of things, but like, I mean, if you had the choice to, be out, even if it's to one-to-one, -one, going to meetings, meeting people and, and, and talking to people or getting on the phone with clients or doing things that didn't involve the people part as much. I mean, yeah. I, I think I know part of the answer because you've already said something earlier, but like, which, which do you lean towards or is it truly a, a kind of a back and forth for you and ebb and flow? There, part of it is huge variety. I think yeah. like doing 100% of either one of those groups would be miserable. Like if I was just an editor or just in sales, it would be awful. Sure. Uh, from a meeting people perspective, if I can meet like one or two people and like grab coffee and like it's more me and them, I'm great. Perfect. But like large groups of like 30 people and like trying to like speed read name tags and like, <laughs> and yeah. it's like, it's just not good. Like nothing it's hard to like connect with someone when you're talking to a crowd. Yeah. Um, and like, there are some ways to get through that and like, they can be beneficial just to like be seen in group and like by association you can. Yeah. I've used a lot of that advance where I just try to make face. And then that yeah. way, if I send an email or I send a follow up or I make a call, yeah. it was like, Oh, remember we met. They probably won't remember you necessarily, but you can yeah. say something that makes them think, Oh, I did connect. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, and it's just easier to get a door open that way sometimes than never having had any interaction whatsoever. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I say that, but like, I just went like a week ago, I went to a chamber event and I hadn't gone in a while and I took a, an approach I've used in the past and I booked like three meetings out of it. Fantastic, man. What did like you it, do? You write a question on your name tag. Okay. So it was like, ask me about X, like whatever you're trying to get them to talk to you about you just write it because people don't know what to talk about so you give them something that wasn't something they made you do you did it 
No, I just, I did it instead of like a company name or like where I work or what I do is a question of like, ask me about, you know, video marketing or ask me about. What did you put uh, that time? Uh, this time I had put, uh, uh, ask me about like video overviews of like, okay. did, like a, like a, like an intro of like, you've never had a video for your business before. Let's do like an intro to who you are, why you do what you do, sure. yeah. how Love you're it. different. Like, Love it, man. And then lead that into the other stuff. And people like, oh, like I have been thinking about video, like we should talk. And it, but that is not like a, the core of like where I feel strong, you know, like yeah. going out and where do you mass, feel strongest? Like coffee meetings and like, you know, getting well, one-on-one. -on -one. Where do you feel strongest in general right now? If you had to say out of everything that you currently do within your business, where do you feel like you are just a player game over? This is, this is, this is it. Is there anything that you lean up to? Yeah, I mean, like, by far, like, out of all the things that I do, I'm most confident shooting weddings. Okay. Uh, I just, like, I, assuming I have good rapport with the couple. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that's, like, a big foundational thing. But I feel very confident in what I, what I offer there. Interesting. From a, and you don't have, and you've already kind of alluded, you don't have any desire to build anything else up with weddings? I, it, not as like a primary, like I'm a wedding cinematographer, sure. like it, but from a, you know, I let's meet up and talk in, about the day or like if I get referred from previous weddings or like mm -hmm. it's someone I know, then it's different because it means something. It's yeah. not just, you know, a thing that their planner, like that they saw in the knot of, well, we should really have a wedding video <laughs> and they don't really care about it. But if they saw my work and they're like, I want that then that's a, you know, a different situation. For sure. I've been fortunate this season. I've been lucky and not lucky, but like I've gotten a little bit more exposure of people from not here. You know, people that don't live here have found out about me and like saw the other options that were available and chose me over that. And it was like that first time of like, okay, like I, I can do this. You so, know, like, so out of curiosity, then I just throw that. Cause I always, so if, I mean, is there, is there any number? What, what do you, uh, if you're willing to share, you don't have to, uh, what sure. are you charging for those right now? It's gone up like pretty much every couple of months. Uh, I started the year, I think I was offering highlight films for like a thousand bucks. And then now it's like everything going forward. It's like 1495 or okay. something okay. like that. And like, and how many are you going to do? How many are you going to do this year? uh six seven something like that to feel like a good uh, number. like if if i'm just throwing out this scenario of like if all of a sudden you know you could book 25 yeah. people that all fit this scenario this criteria that you're you're would make it awesome for you how's yeah. that feel i had started the year of like i put a cap like i'm only doing 10 okay in 2019 because it was like i knew that it wasn't going to be the only thing i was doing and i didn't want to have a situation where I'm six months behind because I've got like the week, the work week of like the normal day to day stuff. And then yeah. like weddings on weekends and I'm just, you know, burning myself out. Yeah. But you know, like from a looking ahead, like 2020 wedding season, that is a very, you know, it's definitely an option of if it was with the right people, you know, offering those services at a price point that like, it makes sense for me to focus on it. Then yeah, that, that's definitely an option. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Cause I mean, sometimes I think that whether it's outsourcing, whether it's whatever it is, people, that's my whole thing about there's something in the middle and we're running circles around it because maybe for one reason or another, we don't think it's yeah. possible. And I'm not saying obviously for you that weddings is it and weddings is the only thing, but at times it's like, okay, well that, that's kind of a cool thing to think about. I mean, that's, it, I wasn't actually expecting you to say when you gave that answer that weddings <laughs> were the most thing you're most confident in doing relative to other things <laughs> for people. Um, but you know, it's just, it's, it's just something, cause I mean, on a lot of levels, everything's a number. I mean, you could very easily, I, I mean, the interesting thing is, I mean, you could very easily do 10 weddings for $2,500. Now all of a sudden you go from, you know, making, $8,500 or 10 grand uh, to, to making twenty five thirty thousand dollars $30,000 from that, you know, and that's just one yeah. thing. And, and 10 weddings, I mean, the big picture, that's not crazy yeah. uh, at all. I mean, the, 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 the things where they get insane is when you start getting into the 20 plus 30 plus, yeah. that's, that's a lot. 
I mean, I was in that, my, my biggest year was almost 40 and that was just insanity. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So, you know, but that's, but that's something, I mean, it, it's interesting because, you know, yeah. I mean, anyways, I mean, it, it's, it's also, I mean, that's the thing too. It sounds like you, I've had, I'd have to look, I, I you know, I typically don't, I don't get a lot into the work with people because I'm yeah. not is that's not the, I'm not here to critique people's work yeah. and make their work better or worse or anything like that. It's like, I know, like I said, there's plenty of people whose technical abilities are incredible, but they're not making yeah. any money. And then there's people who aren't that good who I'm seeing who are crushing it. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not that. <laughs> so, but you must have yeah. something, something going on you're saying, cause you're not, there's a, there's this elusiveness. It sounds like this attractiveness to you that you're giving. I mean, <laughs> if I have to pull back up, your photo had a whole kind of air about you that's that's slightly different from the what I was maybe expecting to to sure. not a negative way but uh you know so there there must be this elusiveness you're giving off and so if people are you're not even pushing it or anything yet you're booking <laughs> people and they're picking you over others uh it's an interesting thing you've got going on there so yeah I think it comes back to you know, like the people that have ch have been in that situation where they they you know chose me over other options they were the people that were, you know, so excited about their day. You loved that day. You know, like, yeah. And the, like, they were great. Like, you know, two times, first two weddings I've ever worked that I didn't know the people. I showed up at their rehearsal the day before the wedding and like first time meeting, I'm like, I hope they're cool. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like I, of course, talked to them on the phone and, you know, Google Hangouts or whatever, but and then having that day of it, like it's so important to them. And I, I can feel that like my work matters. Yeah. You know, rather than like, well, it's an ad spot and we need to have it out by next week and we need to. You know, it's an interesting thing you, you, you have. I mean, I, you know, when people say things like, um, I think what we take for granted, because I've thought this a lot when I mentioned the great clips thing earlier and everything is, is that there's something that just came to mind. You have to see how it sits with you, but you know, we, we say, well, we can't pull away and we can't do this and that. And there's this guy named, uh, I don't even know his name. I can't remember it, but it's his, his blog was Mr. Money Mustache. Okay. And I've never heard of it, but you know, him and his wife had had jobs. They were doing about $160,000 a year. I cannot remember how long they had the jobs, but they saved like $600,000 and at 30 years old, they retired. They had this money in like index funds and they were pulling $25,000 in interest a year. And, um, you know, they had lived a very simple life where that was about the wife and the kid and the husband. That's all they really needed was 25,000 ish dollars a year to, to pay and live their life. Yeah. Um, but it was like, that was the most automated way outside of any passive thing one thinks they're going to build with whether it's online courses or products or whatever, there'll always be management of some level to, to degree that you have to do. And so there's this, this aspect of like, I, I'm just, I felt like with what you were saying with weddings, the picture I saw, everything like this, this you're like this boutique guy where it's like, <laughs> you know, you, you got this kind of aura, this style, and yet you get to rates where, I mean, I know some people like that where it's like, I mean, you could still be doing three to $500,000 a year in not just weddings, but these couple different areas where you get the prices, you know, at certain rates. Yeah. And, you know, you're not working six or seven days a week. I mean, my beginning career, I was working what could probably have been alluded to six to seven days a week. Every day I was doing something. I just couldn't yeah. get my mind off of it. I'm going to meetings. I'm shooting. I'm doing random things. Getting $250 to split between my three buddies that we go out and shoot something. But yet, we did $60,000 that year. That's not, I mean, depending on how you look at it, it's not bad, right? But sure. at the same time... Yeah. Um, one of our biggest years was almost $400,000. I mean, that year was that $60,000 year was like three to 500 transactions in QuickBooks. I mean, it's like $50 <laughs> jobs, 25, 15, 500, yeah. you know, everything. The year we did almost 400,000 was roughly like 25 to 40. I'd have to look back, but it, you know, it's because we had a hundred thousand dollar project. We had $18,000 projects and added up. And, and if you really looked at it, it wasn't a hustle and grind every day of every week of the whole year. And so if you're smart with money and you manage things, you can have this boutique or you uh, have those great rates where if you're good with money and you save, like you don't have to have this, I got to build something where, oh, I can step away and I don't have yeah. to do anything. But rather, I think we think that when we're having to do stuff, what feels like every day and yeah. we can't step away. So we imagine and dream about a scenario where something's running 
that makes me money that I don't have to be, I could step away for a week and it's okay. But the reality is with that other scenario there, you're going to have weeks upon weeks that you could hypothetically be stepping away and there's not actually even crazy things to do. Yeah. And, 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 and so there's nothing that has to even have people managing. And I know some of those kind of boat and that's what on certain levels right now, I'm kind of building with what I'm doing with coaching and all that. It's like, I, yes, I'm part of it, but you look at even Tony Robbins. I mean, you know, he has coaching coaches and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, he's still the brand. You take some of these yeah. people, they're still the brands. They've been smart with money. First of all, they love what they're doing anyways, but you know, yeah, when some of these people die, they've done things that their brand will survive, but it's not going to thrive ever again. It'll, yeah. it'll just, it'll diminish because there's not that aura and that leader running it. But I don't know some of the things it's like, well, I had this thing and I was kind of managing people and that wasn't as fun. It's like, there's that level of thinking you might get some contractor help, but yeah. could you build this into a thing where you have these strategic pl uh, projects and clients that are just freaking a rock stars to work with and you get your variety of different projects throughout the year. You're getting paid for you to really be you and do your thing with people who care. <laughs> Excuse me. And now it's not about building some kind of machine-esque thing that you're able to walk away, but rather you're just getting to build this thing where you have plenty of, of free time built into it. I mean, how does that feel? Like, what do you think about that? That, it, that's the goal. I mean, it, it's whether it's this thing that is self-functioning or, you know, the workload is, you know, fewer things, but at higher value. Yep. Yep. You know, like the, you know, the difference between doing 10, $500 gigs to doing one, 5,000, like it usually takes the same amount of effort or actually less. Right. <laughs> right. Generally less. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just, for sure. Right. less. I mean, usually each one of those is what I would argue, depending on what's going on is taking you as much as the one project. Yeah. You know, so yeah absolutely and maybe that is i've heard it's funny you said boutique because i've heard that word in kind of reference to like as i've been reevaluating what how i do things several times over the last few weeks and it's just like this motif that keeps coming up so maybe that is the angle of like you know as this formulates into a you know an actual business you know brand or however you want to look at it maybe that is the angle I take, you know, it is limited. I'm not, I'm only doing X number of clients per month or X number of weddings per period. Here's well, what I need to, for that to match up with what I'm trying to earn. Yeah. And, and some of that, it, it, it's interesting. It can be, if, if you can hack your money needs in an interesting way in the beginning, you can start to do that very quickly and just, continue to create that aura thing about you. But I also find that what you were doing, the faster you can get out there and yeah. kind of create demand, sometimes at times yeah. flipping into that, <laughs> that, that boutique is easier when there's gobs of people looking down, you know, coming for you right. versus like, well, I get about 10 people contacting me here to do weddings. And unless they're like, this happened to me with the conference world where some people had said certain things and I'm like, well, you know, I wasn't talking to tons and tons of people, but by God, the people I was talking to were like, I mean, unless I was insane with my prices, they were going to book. Yeah. Me. Like it was not, I'm not just getting random cold leads and Google people Googling me and random stuff where it's like, it takes me talking to 12 people to get a job for a thousand dollars. You know, it's, it's like, no, I, I, I talked to four people and, and three of them booked and the fourth one's going to do it in six months. You know, it's, yeah. it was like, that was the place I had gotten to. Um, but that kind of stuff can take time and, and you almost, I think it can be engineered if you're thinking about it. Like, I don't think I ever thought about it. It's just, I was insane in like my wedding business. And then I had yeah. so much demand that I became very difficult to get a hold of, you know, all these different things. But yet people who really, as you were alluding, who ended up being like these super brides, awesome couples, they would jump through those hoops to get me. They'd been thinking about it for years. Whereas, yeah, the like, I just went online, I found six people and then I'm on the phone and they're like, you know, I've never looked at your work. I'm like thinking, let's just stop the phone call right now. I mean, I used to tell some people that I'm like, you know what, I'm going to send you a link. If you're still interested after you check out the video, then we can have a conversation. But right now this won't make any sense to talk right. to you because, you know, people like that, the value is typically low, typically I mean, they can transition, but 
they're usually just price shopping and looking and they don't really care if they filled out a contact form without looking at the work that says something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, so, well, that's cool that that's been coming up. I don't know how much you're, I, I've been studying a lot about in the last probably year about kind of definitely in the woo woo realm of like law of attraction. And for years I took the stereotypical, like, Oh, you kumbaya in your basement and great things will happen. And you know, I was like, that's BS, but I never looked into it. And now you know, that, that kind of like looking for signs and or not even looking, but paying attention to, mm-hmm. like there's something there and now we can choose to listen or ignore. And sometimes we're totally unaware. Like most people go through life and they're unaware of everything that's happening to them on a regular basis. You seem to have yeah. some entombment as it is, but I, I, there's something there. Probably I was I called to say that because it's another thing you need to hear again. And you, you have that inside you. And if you, you latch onto that a little bit, you're going to lean into it a lot faster than I think that that's where when you're unaware, I had certain things happen to me, but they were so accidental. It's like, oh, this went on for yeah. five years before I figured it out versus it could have happened for two years and I could have figured it out if somebody was guiding me or I was more aware. So, Awesome. There you have it, another episode of Jumpstart Sessions, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. So if you yourself would like to be coached on a future episode of Jumpstart Sessions, just head on over to jumpstartsessions.net and click Get Coached on the Podcast. Again, as of the recording of this episode, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. I would really love to help you gain a greater level of clarity, confidence, and connection in your life and alignment in your business so that you can move faster and make things happen without so much resistance. So I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Have an amazing rest of your day and keep rocking and rolling. Take care. 